When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm Franny Benali and you're listening to In That Number. And then they lift one over the top for Danny Ings. He's in the box. Oh, to his left. Good. Brilliant. Oh, Thanks for checking out In That Number with me, Kevin, the Moscow Mush Milverton, and Ray Hunt. Find me on Twitter at Moscow Mush and my co-host Ray Hunt at Ray Hunt 84 Follow the show at Number Podcasts on Twitter, In That Number Podcasts on Instagram and Facebook. If you've got any questions for the show, if you can be bothered, send us an email to InThatNumberPodcasts at gmail.com. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever it is you get your podcasts. Share, subscribe, and give us good vibes. Let's go. Welcome to another episode of In That Number, episode 110, Finding Minamino. That's a good one. I love it. Yesterday, we stopped the run of six straight defeats and held on for a good point against Chelsea. Here with me to discuss the game and Tuesday's trip to Ellen Road, we have Kevin at the Moscow Mush Milverton. But first, Tim Besants. How are you feeling, mate? Things are going pretty well here. Uh, my floors have dissipated the smell, so it's only a little bit of polyurethane here. And beyond that, uh, things are going pretty well. Work is slowing down, feeling good. Uh, life is grand. Thanks for asking. That's good. That's good. Um, and Moscow Mush, Kevin, how are you? I'm all right, yeah. I had a, a busy week uh, with work. Uh, but, yeah, obviously missed this last weekend because of a, a romantic weekend. But, um, yeah, I'm just... Slowly uh, piling up the snow is here, and yeah, having to wade my way through all, all the all the snow every day. But um, 
Yeah, did uh, get to uh, pub quiz the other day. Oh yeah, and yeah, we finished second. So yeah, I do love a good pub quiz. And um, it just reminded me. I don't know if you remember this, but when we went to a pub quiz or many moons ago um, in the Obelisk in Wollstone, and they they had this round called the Snowball after the main quiz had finished. And, yeah, it's just winner-takes-all, and if nobody wins it, the prize rolls over. That's right, yeah. Um, we all sat around with our entries, and it was some question about the Boer War, and um, one of my generals in it, and I thought, oh, uh, I don't know, it could be Lord Kitchener, but I don't know. Nobody nobody else there had a clue. I think, um, so I put I put down Kitchener, and... Like I think Pete put down Eric Jimba Jimba's great grandfather or something ridiculous like that. <laughs> yes, yeah. And then they go to announce it and they say, and the answer was of course Lord Kitchen. I was like, yes. And they say, okay. And um, they pull out the little bit of paper and say, and uh, oh, it's so uh, it's Ray Hunt this time. And the answer is <laughs> Kev's mum. <laughs> yes, I do remember. <laughs> <laughs> Who the fuck it? <laughs> Yeah. So if if we'd all put down the same answer, we would have won. We would have won. Points, yeah. yeah. But at least we we've got that that little anecdote out of it. But it was <laughs> it wasn't Kev's mum or Michael Caine or anything like that. It was no. Lord Kitchener. Yeah, I do remember. <laughs> um, guys, guys, I, I went to a sperm bank the other day to make a donation. The nurse said, "Do you want a wank in a cup?" I said, "I'm good, but I'm not quite ready for a tournament." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> oh, the laughs, they just keep coming today. Um, anyway, Tim, do you have a teaser this week? Yes. All right. Would you rather lose the ability to lie or believe everything that's told to you? I think probably believe everything that's told to me. Ah, oh, shit. I'm, I'm quite a shit liar. Um, <laughs> apart from in saying that, obviously. Um yeah, I wouldn't want to believe everything I'm told to, told to me, especially in a rush of Um Yeah, I, th- I think I'd have to go with losing the ability to lie. I wouldn't be losing much. So, the cr- at least my belief, I get to think about these answers. The correct answer should be the ability to lie because it teaches you the opportunity of restraint because you don't have to speak. Whereas if you believe everything that's told to you, you then have to go and conduct the research and be able to go and figure things out and the critical thinking, whereas it's a lot easier just to learn to shut your mouth than anything else, which is uh, my – I would prefer, and I think I would talk less. So I think everybody would talk less, that is. You would be robbed of the ability to pull out the old white lie. It's going to put a strain on relationships, isn't it? I think so. Uh, yeah. you, could just, you could just smile and give a nice big hug. That's all. <laughs> Tim, before you go on to your um your life hack this week, mm-hmm. I have a teaser for both of you guys. Okay. Okay. I saw this on Twitter, and it really had me thinking. So I thought I'd pose the question to you too. Okay. So you're offered five million dollars to score against Michael Jordan one on one. You're given ten chances, and this is prime MJ, by the way. If you fail. You won't be able to listen to music ever again. Do you lace up? Uh, how much practice do you get leading into it? None. None What's whatsoever. You got ten chances just to go one on one with Jordan, and you have to score. Just basically, yeah. you have you to score, just make it. Score a bucket. Ten chances. Five million dollars. If you miss, you can't listen to music ever again. All right. Thinking this through, 
if I had say, you know, a few months to practice, I'd learn, I'd figure out my, uh, you know, three point shot because initially you're going to be able to get some sort of separation. I know he's six, six and all that. He can jump and everything. But if you're able to build in and figure out the, the way to, you know, get it, basically put a shot over him and you get enough distance off the three point line, you're, you're, there's a decent chance that you might be able to make it if you're athletic or not. But I mean, $5 million is life changing, which is why this is a good change of question. You know what? I'm going to take it. I'm going to take the chance. Mm. I'm going I'm to take okay. it. I think I would because my three point shooting is bomb. So I'd go for it. It's not. By the way, I, I, that's not really convincing. Kevin, how about you? Bloody hell, I don't think I'd have a chance even without Michael Jordan there. For um, <laughs> a straight point. Um, yeah, it's not worth it. I think the, the chances are so so minimal. But, um, I mean, you still have podcasts to fall back on. But, yeah, still. Yeah, I don't believe in myself enough to be able to do that. No, I don't believe you do it either, Kev. But they are good choices. Oh, cheers, man. That's all right. That's what I'm here for. Uh Jim, uh, life hack. Just bought a new townhouse, a lot of different improvements have been going on. I'm going to talk about our fan, or my fan, that is WD-40. While we all know it is ability to take care of squeaky things like bike chains or for us the blinds that are the... Vestigas knees. Yes, basically like that. Um there's so many different things it provides. Uh, if you have any type of hardwood or ceramic floor, it can get gunk or scuff off of it. Uh, it can remove crayons off of walls for ki- if you're a kid. It polishes gold and brass. Um, Kev, did you just laugh when, when Tim said hardwood? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> I might have to warn you, though, Tim. It, it, it is not a universal lubricant. Let's put it that way. Ah, gotcha. Uh, I mean, it can clean your paintbrushes, uh, gets off wax from vinyl surface, uh, candle wax, uh, from carpet. I, I mean, there's so many different things that you can use it for and take a look and see if you have any sort of, um, you know, home project, home improvement project that you have because there's, it can definitely help you in your daily life more than just, uh, lubricating things. Superb. Okay. Uh, Tim, again, injury news. Uh, is there any updates on uh, Diallo, Walcott, Kyle Walker-Peters? Uh, and actually, in the week, Ralph had hinted that another player wouldn't be fit for the Chelsea game, and that turned out to be Armstrong. Do you have any updates on him? Because all I've heard is that he could be involved on Tuesday. That is correct. So the correct term for him is muscle fatigue. I was able to look that look that up and find that up. So any type of fatigue, he felt that it was best to leave him out. And while he could be involved, I'm going to try Tuesday, that one with my boss. I think. I mean, if you're good at repetitive motions over and over again, then yeah, you could definitely <laughs> I think, get some I think Kevin games. is. <laughs> There's not a whole lot to do in Russia during the winter time, so whatever you whatever whatever you got to do to entertain yourself. You, you know how we keep warm in Russia. <laughs> we play chess. <laughs> That's Austin Powers, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry. Anyway, Tim, yeah. Uh, Diallo, Walcott, Kai Walker-Piggers. All right. So no news on them. We're all looking at mid to late March or so. I think Walcott's maybe the potential, the first one coming through, but no new immediate updates. I did want to talk about hamstrings, though, because all three of them are coming with hamstring injuries. 
And so there's just obviously a number of type of factors that can play into it. And since we've talked about it with Gineppo before, just wanted to touch base on a little bit more and a couple different different topics. There's a number of factors, as we can see, environmental, recovery, nutrition, injury history, age, you know, warm-up, motor patterning, whatever it might be. But to consider all of that, um, the re- the ability for you to injure a hamstring, all the research out there is saying that if you do have a significant grade two or grade three injury in your hamstring, it ranges between 18 and 42% that you are likely to re-injure that same uh, injury again in the future based on your workload and for these players, especially in the Premier League and training 24-7, that's definitely something to consider, and we've seen that with Gineppo, and unfortunately with KWP, I hope it does not become a theme because uh, this was, you know, he just came back and he's feeling good and he just got injured again, and without putting a damper on things, I really hope it doesn't become a central occurring theme. All about the change of significant workload, and you often see hamstring injuries that do not occur pretty much right away they are in you know later in the first half or middle of the second half when there's deficiencies within fluids of the person you've had a significant amount of running that's gone on you could have multiple miles and then last but not least is the change of workload meaning that you're going from a cardio basic activity to sprint and back and forth where your your body is changing all its pattern over time so considering all those factors, the last thing I wanted to see was if it was a, if it was a difference between the heel strike or when you are actually pushing off from it, because you think, oh, my hamstring, you just pushed off and you wanted to go really fast. That's what caused it. Unfortunately, or well, not unfortunately, it's just there's no centralized theme that could cause it. You can have it on a heel strike when you're slowing down or when you're pushing out. So all of these factors come into play with background, injury history, uh, you know, just the design of the, the individual's body, uh, making sure they're warming up, making sure that they have hip stability and have flexibility. Uh, I wish them all the best, and I hope, at least for KWP's injury, it does not become a central theme. Diallo, we don't know much of his injury history in Walcott. Uh, we do know that anybody who's been at his pace, running as many miles and been involved in the Premier League for so long that this is definitely a chance for it to happen and bodies do break down. He's 30, 31 years old. I'm 32. Uh, I just moved like last week and it was the most excruciating pain that I had for moving, you know, entire house in four days. So I uh, wish him all the best and I hope you've learned a few things on hamstring injuries and I hope they rest up and we get them back as soon as can as we can. Cool. Cheers, Tim. All right, let's go into the ITN news. This is ITN in that number news. Okay, uh, I want to start by saying the Premier League have announced that all games, all remaining games will be available to watch live in the UK until fans are allowed to return to stadiums. They will continue to be broadcast on Sky Sports, BT Sport, Amazon Prime Video and the BBC. No more pay-per-view. Uh, this is what they need to say upon Project Restart, but you know, nevertheless, better late than never. I wonder, Kev, if I can get my refund on that pay-per-view game I purchased. Do you think it's worth trying? Maybe. Maybe. I doubt it. It's the Premier League after all, but you never know. 
Um, Ralph had his press conference before the Chelsea game. Uh, he appears, well, I don't know. Is it just me? But does he appear under pressure, you know, these last few weeks with his body language? Because he just seems, to, he doesn't seem happy. Um, I haven't seen him smile for a while. He's becoming increasingly angered with the British press. Every single press conference he has now, he just seems to be in a mood with them. I mean, it's understandable, I suppose. He's going through it. But um, he was trying to stay optimistic over the, you know, over the next few fixtures. So I'll I'll go through those with you now, uh, starting with Tuesday's game at Leeds. Uh, Then we've got Everton away on Monday the 1st. And then Sheffield United away on Saturday the 6th, followed by Man City away on Wednesday the 10th. That's a run of four straight away games. And my goodness, it's very tough now. Um, We're already playing up north to face Leeds, Everton, Sheffield United. And now that rescheduled City game, 15 days, four away games. And then we return home for Brighton on Saturday the 13th before that important cup game at the Vitality on Saturday the 20th. What do you make of that, Kev? Because... Ralph obviously has to keep the, you know, the fans, their spirits up, and we've got a very difficult run. But how confident are you feeling? Because it, you know this will determine if we have a successful season or not, and that cup game could be our only real hope for some success. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, you've got to hope that um, we can get something out the Sheffield United away game and Brighton at home. Um, but yeah, those are the three fixtures: um, Leeds, Everton, and City away. That's 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 a tough lot, and in quick succession, you just got to worry that. Um, hope that it doesn't mean more injuries because more injuries we get, tougher it is to rotate and it's just a, a downward spiral, isn't it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, while we're talking about Bournemouth fresh in the memory, Shane Long, Kev, bagged his first goal for the Cherries yesterday. Yeah, I saw that. Made me smile a bit, although they did eventually go and lose to QPR, but still, yeah, it was it was nice. Typical Shane goal as well. Um, just bundling in the cross at the far post with his belly. But... Um, <laughs> Yeah. Still, no, no props to him. I mean, the good positioning there and reaction. And he did have a couple of chances earlier in the match. And he played a full 90 minutes. Right, if you're interested uh, and not living under a rock, Pochettino defeated Koeman in the Champions League in the week. Uh, Koeman's Barcelona got their pants pulled down by PSG. Wow, it was Mbappe, really, wasn't it? But yeah, did you see it, Kev? Um, just the highlights. Oh, OK, cool. Um, and I suppose we, we need to mention our poor under-18s they got an emphatic reaction after taking the lead early on against Brighton. Uh, they went on to lose 7-1. And then yesterday they went to lose, went to Leicester and lost 1-0. So, you know, they're having a bit of a shit time at the moment as well. Um, I think that is it. Has anyone else got any news they want to share? I, I did want to say, um, I mean, we started off by talking about all of the uh, Premier League games being televised until fans do come back. When do you think fans will come back? Because I've, I've heard rumours of uh, the... FA Cup semis and finals being played at Wembley to a crowd, uh, EFL final also. Yeah, um, I've heard this too. I'm not, I'm not so sure about it, to be honest, but if the, ch- the chance arises that we are allowed to go back to the stadiums, I want to take it. And if we do get a chance to play at Wembley, I, I want to be a part of it. But I don't know. I don't know if it's a good idea. Whether they should just start again next season, I think it's probably for the best. I mean, that tier system, is that still still going ahead? I mean, we're, No, we're the whole country's lockdown in lockdown, now. isn't it? So, yeah, there's no but tiers. But once that lockdown finishes, is it supposed to be March the 8th? Yeah, but I think if it then was tiered, then the you, tier you imagine that London's going to be the highest tier possible. Maybe. But, I mean, you know, there were some to- token games. I mean, you, you managed to get to that Sheffield United game, didn't you? So, I mean, there might be the odd game or two. Yeah, I doubt it. I don't think I'll be as lucky enough to get to the semi-finals or the finals. But we've got to get uh, through Bournemouth first, so, you know. Um, 
Uh, anything else, Kev? Make sure we aren't, we aren't wanking the cup. <laughs> this is Klaus Lundekvam, and you are listening to In That Number. Okay, let's talk Chelsea. Uh, going in to this one, then, off the back of six straight league defeats, with six first-team players out injured against a Chelsea side under new management, it's going to be a huge task. And our record against them at St Mary's didn't make for good reading either, losing our last five to them. But not only did we stop the rot of defeats at home to Chelsea, but we stopped our losing streak, more importantly, with a hard-earned 1-1 draw. The opener from Takumi Minamino and the equaliser from the spot from him up the road, Mason Mount. Mm. Yeah. Uh, With Kyle Walker-Peters out still, all eyes on that 11 then. Uh, So let's go through it. McCarthy, Bednarik, Vestergaard, Salisu, Bertrand, Gineppo, James Ward-Prowse, Minamino, Romeu, Ings and Redmond. A bench of Forster, Adams, Teller, Stevens, Ramsey, Ferry and Lundelu, Jankovic and Chalke. So, Kevin, Ralph hinted that a change of shape wouldn't be out of the question without Kyle Walker-Peters. I didn't believe it, if I'm honest. I just thought Stevens yeah. would have to play there. Um, when, when the lineups were announced, I still wasn't sure. And Sky and BBC, they had us set up as a 4-4-2. But in reality, it looked like we had three centre-backs and, you know, Gineppo and Bertrand were playing as, as wing-backs. Did you want to see this change or were you, you know, were you sceptical? Both, I suppose, apprehensive because the last time Ralph didn't play in a 4-2-2-2, uh, it didn't turn out very well. I think he abandoned the three at the back idea. Um, quite early on in his reign, uh, with good reason. But um, I, th- I think it's reassuring that he's decided to not be stubborn and bloody-minded and be open to change, because something has to give, doesn't it? And yeah. I was quite surprised to see Salisu, Vestigard and Bednarik. And, um, I mean, that effectively, I mean, does that, does that mean that he's playing... Three at the back with um, Bertrand and Gineppo's win backs, or is it Bertrand right back? Um, and it turned out to be, well, whatever the conditions demanded, really. Yeah, and I think Tim commented that during the game, like it was shifting with and without the ball, we, you know, the four four two and attacking, and we, you know, well, we didn't do much attacking, did we? Let's face it. But yeah, Tim. What were your thoughts on that? Silisu was on the left, Vestigar was in the middle, Bednarik was on the right. So when needed to, and there is there are times with less pressure on the ball, Bednarik switched out and pushed out wide to create what would be effectively a four four two. And Bednar, uh, excuse me, Bertrand was able to push forward when he needed to, but Bednarik only on occasion stepped out to the left winger. So we were actually, they were playing a 3-5-2, and so we were playing also that 3, you know, that 3, uh, 3-5-2, 3-5-1-1 at times, 4-4-2. So it was a much more fluid change in the design and the setup. So he didn't lose all principles of that 4-4-2, but the idea was is that the, for Bertrand and then Bednarik, uh, when they were taking the space of the, the fullbacks, they were much more. They were they were selective in pushing forward. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see what they do with Leeds as well. If they uh, revert back to that four-two-two-two, or you know, stick with that five in midfield, be interesting. Um, but it also, you know, it was the first time in a while that we haven't played two games in a week. Thus, having a full week of training and preparation, that one hundred percent focus could be on Chelsea and nullifying Chelsea, which worked. 
you know, I know we conceded, but it was a penalty. Um, but Kevin, the, the opener, Minamino, Redmond finding Minamino, hence today's title. Um, that incisive pass, it was well-weighted, well-timed run. Uh, Minamino making both Azpilicueta and Mendy look like fools um, in one movement, really, wasn't it? And then slotted it away. Oh, yes. Yeah, no, it was a great build-up, though, um, through the middle. Um, Redmond's there on the sidelines, just attracting a lot of attention and then running through the middle in a huge amount of space. Gets to that perfectly weighted ball through to Minamino. And, yeah, I mean, that 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 dummy. I mean, the, the ball flies past Kante and Minamino yeah, dummies and then his first Asapilicueta and then Mendy just land on their asses and he's got the time to put it where he wants it. Oh, yeah, yes. that composure is something that we're definitely lacking in our, our other attacking options. Uh, well, maybe excluding... Well, yeah, I mean, I'm glad you said that because whilst we're on Minamino, a little word on him. Ralph said post-game that he's been great with the ball, but he still needs work without it. Very honest there from Ralph. And I, I think he was brought in to offer us something different. You could say that he's similar to, to Redmond and Walcott, but in fact he's got, got that composure in front of goal, which you pointed out. We desperately need that, apart from Ings. Um, he's taken both his goals very well. The first was you know, nothing more than a half chance against Newcastle. Um, and then yesterday, he still had a lot to do, but he was so composed, cool and calm. And then, you know, is it just a case of him needing to get to grips with Ralph's system and his teammates? Does he need to build up that partnership? I would say yes. I mean, the criticism that um, he's good with the ball. Um, well, yeah, we didn't see much of the ball at all, did we? And no. um, he scored with pretty much his only only chance. And that, I mean, I wouldn't say it was against the run of play, but it was out of nowhere, mm. that chance, and he took it. But, I mean, um, if Redmond or Walcott had that chance, would you fancy them to tuck that away? Because I bloody wouldn't. Possibly not, possibly not. Yeah, same for Shane Long as well. Yeah, but, and, and also, no, if he didn't score yesterday... Would we have even remembered that performance? Is that a harsh question? Honestly, he played like poop for all the game, except when he had the ball, and even when he had the ball sometimes. Uh, I think, effectively, the only thing that he did well was score that goal. But let's take it into consideration is that he's running around and doesn't have the positional discipline, like you said, uh, Kev. He doesn't really know exactly where everything is defined. And the three times, the two times that he's played before is in the four four two. But now, with the three, the three at the back and the changing the fluidity, it's understandable to see that there may not be, or there may be some changes, and we're may, you may not know exactly where to be at. Um, but overall, uh, Ralph said it best: is that when he's off the ball, he's just kind of running around and looking looking crazy. But in two of the three games that he's played in, he scored. You know, he took a half chance and then he sat down the, the you know, he sat down Mendy and Aspilicueta. I'm going to butcher that. Aspilicueta, yeah. Aspilicueta. And talking about your guys who came on the podcast earlier with Liverpool, they're thinking, what, between four and six goals? So, you know, if he gets, if he gets five or six goals, you know, he's on definitely on the pace to be able to do that. You know, he's definitely a successful loan move. Despite the fact that in, you can, you can, he's only going to learn more positional discipline as he goes. Yeah, but he still needs to press. He does need to press. Yeah, he need, But this is this is it, Kev. He needs to. He just needs time to learn Ralph's system. Tim, with this Chelsea side, and indeed with with Thomas Tuchel, 
we would see a very heavy possession-based style of football and a well-organised in midfield and defence, etc. But And, you know, we were expecting a response, but we had a constant bombardment of pressure. But in fact, right, looking at those stats, they only had two shots on target and one of them was from the spot. Now, was that down to us more or their lack of creativity? Because they they had an XG of 1.3. Does that surprise you? Yeah, they're a little flat going forward, which is crazy to think about with all the forward talent that they have. Uh, Abraham was completely neutralized and went out at halftime. Werner on the left side was not able to get anything going. Mount was the only player outside of Conte to be able to make any significant progressive movement going forward. He looked very so, good, Mount, by the way. He was oh, a real yeah. handful. Oh, pains, Mount, pains me to say it, but yeah. Yeah, he good. <laughs> yeah he's going to – I mean, he just keeps playing himself in, and, you know, he's going to be hard to not put, put on the bench when it comes to playing for England, so – Good for him, and yeah, he definitely played well. So overall, though, I think the shape that Tuchel is putting on, as well we saw, was very very defensive. They did have that little spark and that little attentiveness because they've had, what was it, four or five games prior to this where they didn't let in a goal? Mm. Uh, so it's something significant that when we they found a team like us who was able to play well with uh, the ability to prep a full week ahead of time and Tuchel not to be able to know what's going on, he couldn't make the adjustments to be able to break the lines. So I'm going to give Ralph props for all this because he made the change. He went out and did something well, and he and he stifled the uh, what can, you know has the potential to be a significant team. And I think outside of Mount, we neutralized them well. So mm. great, great stuff. Kev, and then the penalty came. Danny Ings. So you can understand why. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> you can see what he was trying to do. I mean, he was trying to stop that cross coming in, but he, he misjudged it. Any complaints? Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, not really. I mean, it was unfortunate, wasn't it? But the yeah. Um, the only complaint you've got is he should have injured him, right? Um, <laughs> oh God, uh, that, that's a joke. Yeah. I mean, these lock ankles. Um, in a, a similar way to um, Van Dyke and, and Pickford, but just not in that sort of deliberate kung fu way. Um, but yeah, I don't think we can really have any complaints about it. And it's sad that um, Ings's performance—that's the only really talking point about us for for Ings, isn't it? Unfortunately, that's it. yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. had nothing, nothing, nothing going for him. Uh, Tim, do you agree with the penalty decision? Uh, uh, yeah, oh, that's easy choice. So. As they said on the on the commentary, it was a proper number nine's tackle. <laughs> yeah. So he just went in and he went in too quick, and you know, for the eight goals that Ings has provided, he's just given one back. So it's like basically it's seven at this point is what I would consider it. Yeah. Uh, it sucks, and you know, in the grand scheme of it all, if we lost because if we lost two one and we lost because of that, I think we'd be all a lot more pissed. But in, like I said, when you look when you look at it on the surface level um one one and he took him out he did his best and uh, i love ings for what he does but that was that was pretty shit <laughs> yeah not not great um and another penalty conceded that's the fifth this season from the spot only in 93 94 and 2016 17 have we conceded more and that was six and that's there, there's still time that that's a record we can look forward to isn't it um yeah, record-breaking season isn't it <laughs> yeah um, but, you know, the blue lot up the road treating it like a win for them 
you know, if that's what you need to get yourself through the day, then okay. But maybe you should concentrate on Blackpool, your half wits. Yeah, it's the only chance they're going to get of um, watching Premier League football. Let them have that fun. We, we will. Uh, more Chelsea pressure would come. Uh, but we defended very well. Um, for all their possession, to deny those clear-cut chances, you know, and, and that's a huge credit to us. And I think we, I think we should be proud of it, especially without Kai Walker-Peters. And Salisu had a great performance, I thought. He, he yeah. still needs to adapt to the English game, doesn't he? But he does read the game well. There was a, a couple of occasions when Chelsea looked like they were going to come through. Um, but his position was spot on. And to, to get those blocks in, yeah, yeah he, I think he just needs time. And... And at this point, Kev, I think he's jumped ahead of Stevens, but still behind the pairing of Bednarik and Vestergaard, obviously. But at least we know now that if we have got issues at fullback, we can utilise this change of shape and succeed in it because it doesn't come much harder than Chelsea. Yeah, yeah, certainly. I thought he'd look refreshingly confident for someone who hasn't had uh, that much game time. Like you said, uh, his position was good. He was um, winning a lot of headers. And pretty much completely eliminated the threat from Abraham, um, well, between him and, and Vestergaard. Yeah, he, he looks he looks like a real real player. He can play. He can play that position well. He just needs to speed up his yeah. game a little bit and sometimes. Left uh, Tommy Tushy scratching his head. I'm thinking, what, what can I do? Yeah. And we actually, we had a chance to win it, Kev, somewhat unbelievably. But uh, the Vestergaard header onto the bar. Yeah, oh. well, that was tough. And it was a, a it was a, a pointlessly conceded corner, corner from Chelsea's point of view, and I thought that you know that could be. The, oh, was that was that the Kovacic justice. one? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, he just turned around and kicked it off, off off the pitch, didn't he? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah and fair play from from Redmond to to pick it up um, and um, use that space in the corner, getting a lovely little cross. But it was maybe a bit a bit too uh, low for Vestergaard. I mean, even, even though he had to stoop, stoop down to it, he still managed to uh, head it uh, against the, the top side of the oh, upright. Yeah. Tim, I want to discuss Gineppo because, uh, I mean, what a performance. I have to admit, right, I've lost everything with him. I, I was starting to think that we were sold a flop. Recent performances, I just haven't seen enough from him. He just doesn't look like he's a Premier League player. His, his good performances were few and far between. But yesterday, as I said, playing out of position against an attacking threat like Chelsea, and he took his lumps. He wasn't protected by the ref. A lot of people think that they could have had cards. Um, no, but, yeah, could, could, could say that. Um, but he got up and he kept going, and, and he did give us everything yesterday. And I just want to see this more often, because he's going to have his bad days, but as long as his good ones outweigh that, then that's great. Uh, and we still have to remember he's only 22, and he, he needs time to adapt also. Musa Jadepo died for all of our sins. I think he took, <laughs> he took all of the punishment in this game that we've taken. Basically take the last six games of all the loss all into one lump. Jadepo died on the pitch to <laughs> sacrifice for all the sins that we've had for the last six weeks. Uh, this is his best game that he's had as a Saint. I agree. Com- I agree. I am completely surprised because we've always talked about how he has been a person who doesn't have the defensive talk. I don't have, I've always said he doesn't have any defensive play. Well, he was put in a position with the right wing back that he had protection from Bednarik, which was fantastic. I think it was the smartest play that you could have had because you had basically one of our, you know, the top 1A, 1B defender on our team protecting his back line. 
but was able to sit in the right position and followed Alonzo and took out Alonzo left and right. You know, I thought Alonzo was fairly neutralized on the, on the left wing. Uh, and I was absolutely fantastic because he's had a number of different stats and it match, it's matched, uh, in terms of the performance level in this game. The only other game that's matched that he could have, uh, that was similar was the Burnley game. So he had 40 touches, but he also had 25 presses. Um, so seeing that and then the, the highest number of tackles he's had all game, uh, which to me shows that, uh, was, you know, he was doing everything that he possibly could. And then when he got the ball, he was just a complete nuisance to them. Uh, all around, he worked around Alonzo, he beat them, uh, multiple times. Seeing that he, you know, he, and then he got pounded left and right. He <laughs> got, he basically got plowed through by Warner, which it was a studs up, a slightly studs up tackle, put him right into his thigh. Then he got stamped up by Conte. And then after that, he's gotten mugged off by Alonzo like three or four times throughout it, which eventually finally got a yellow card from it. And then last but not least is he got completely leveled at the end and lands on his shoulder. And like his shoulder looks like it's either out of socket or whatever. And at that point, I'm just recognizing like you're literally dying out there. You're pushing out so hard. So for, for us and you know, you are the slimmest guy you're, you know, you're, you have an injury history, and he's putting it all out there. He found himself a position where it allowed him to succeed, and he stood out to me because he had a two-way type of play, and it, which he had the proper cover behind him going forward. He had that creativity, and the progressive movements he had overall, I think, became a significant problem. People recognized it uh, all throughout Reddit, and 100% congrats to him Love the guy, and this performance was his best performance he's had. Good job, Gineppo. Keep on doing this. We'd love, uh, we'd love to see that type of uh, movement. We'd love to see that type of pressure, and we'd love to see that type of play. No need to ask you who I'm out of the matches, then. <laughs> Kev, so we, we hung on a crucial point. Uh, to lose six on the chop with the injuries, you know, and we had less than 30% possession, but it's a good point. In fact, you know, I'd go as far to say it's a great point. You know, limiting their chances and just look at the depth of their bench as well. When you're able to bring on Ziesch and Jorginho as backups, you know, Ralph said this is a draw that felt like a win. Um, yeah, I suppose you could you could say that. Um, I mean, we did we did throw away a lead again, but at the same time, we managed to hold out for 40 plus minutes mm. um, against a strong side and force Tommy Tushy into um, hooking off. Callum Hudson-Madoi after 20-something minutes. <laughs> yes. Uh, um, yeah, that, that that was possibly the, the weirdest substitution I've seen. They're kind of distracted from um, do you know what? subs as well. I'm all for it. I, I, I'm <laughs> yeah. going to say something that I probably shouldn't, but I think I like Tuchel. I, um, I think he's all right. I don't like a lot of um, Chelsea managers because I'm not really a big fan of Chelsea. But I, this guy, I think, I don't know. I quite like him. He's quite a likeable guy. And I don't think he's going to take any shit. And I think that's proved. No. So I, I, I'm, I'm OK with that decision. I thought it was all right. If he's not doing a job for him, whip him off. And who's to say, you know, you shouldn't be doing that? But yeah, but I mean, so it's a risk to bring on someone like that as a, a substitute when... Um, they weren't training at that point. No, they were. Yeah, you brought them on at half time. So yeah, bring them on when you're training, and then say, oh, oh shit, and then you don't really have any um, 
options there. So yeah, we we definitely dealt in a, a conundrum there. That is good. That is true. Yeah, Kevin, man of the match for you. Put simply, I mean, I, there's not much more to say. If um, we put any more lyrical waxing uh, after Tim, then uh, we're gonna have to remove it with WD forty. You know, Musa Gineppo. Yeah, it has to be Gineppo. Yeah, without a doubt. For me, too. I mean. Just to see that he's, I mean, I thought he was maybe becoming a bit of uh, Mario Lamina, that, you know, he might have Me the too. Odd, you know, brilliant game and then just be shite for the rest of them. And that Manchester United game really must have dented his confidence because he was definitely culpable there. Uh, but yeah, just showing that he does have a, a good defensive game, not just getting forwards and... Um, yeah, putting in the tackles and the marking and the yeah, good marking, tracking back as well as, well as pressing and, and, and dribbling and everything. Yeah, complete play. I just hope that he can keep it up for more than one game. Yeah, yeah, me too. It, it, it needs to happen, doesn't it? And again, yeah, Gineppo for me. Uh, Tim, Danny Ings for you, yeah? Uh, Denny Ings, definitely sure. Um, no, I do want to, obviously I did just rave about DJ because I want to give props where props is due and that was a hell of a performance, but Vestergaard, uh, was fantastic with, when it came to cle- clearing his lines, interceptions, tackles, and then had that, you know, had that almost amazing shot that would have gone in that was off of a complete reactionary play too. So love that very much from him. Congrats, Alisu. You found your slot in. Uh, it's great to see that I feel like that we do have three competent center backs. Uh, I think he's got some room for improvement. Uh, he's a little bit raw. He, a couple, a couple points at the beginning, he was a little bit shaky. Um, but the one thing that I have, I haven't seen, and while it's only been two games, is his progressive movement going forward. Um, Vestigard has the ability to do that. Bednarik, uh, has been playing for so long that he just knows exactly where Wood Prowse and Romeo is going to be. But Salisu was in, defensively was in the right position many, 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 many times over. Um, so way to be able to play in a way that he may have not been able to see before. Uh, I don't know the uh, Ghanaian team, the interna- uh, the international team. I didn't look at Valadoyed. Crap. Um, I didn't see him all that much outside of his highlights, but... Valadoyed. Valadoyed. But I want to give those two uh, props where props is due, but... Gineppo, like I said, standout game from you. I really hope you're okay. I mean, like you're just going to be gonna battling. Be sore. He's okay. going to be he's going to be cut and bruised everywhere. So don't. Ex- I honestly would not expect him to start. Um, I think he needs to. Game. I think he needs to. I would love it if he could. Like, I don't think. I don't think Armstrong is going to be able to do that defensive role if he, if Armstrong is back. So I think he needs would to play that, that role. Yeah. yeah, I think he needs to. So yeah, you know, if you've just taken your lamps, now you gotta to go to Yorkshire and get even more. <laughs> I actually, yeah, so I think this is actually one of our, the third best performance of the season, which is crazy to think about. Looking back, uh, obviously Liverpool with the defensive game, and then we just absolutely dominated like a, the Everton game 2-0 at the begin, towards the beginning of the season. Sheffield United game at home was pretty impressive. Yeah, Sheffield, Everton, Sheffield United. Yeah, yeah. True, but and, we won. And on the scheme of things, too, uh, when you look at it, we've tied Chelsea 3-3 and 1-1, both away and home. Uh, on the surface level, it looks great. Uh, obviously, they played Kepa, and we had that last-second uh, goal from Vestigard there. Um, and then we've, But I think this performance was fantastic because of we were thrown into a situation where 
you know, we're out KWP, we're out right backs. He made the change of formation. He made, he put in, you know, Janepa had a great performance. Solis who came in overall, I, I, I th- honestly think this was our, one of our best performances, albeit it wasn't pretty, but we did what we needed to do and was very happy overall and makes me feel positive going forward that we can, we can make the adjustments necessary rather than just get completely screwed by playing someone out of position in right back or playing Kane Ramsey, who's effectively a league one talent there. Just can't wait to get on the road again. The long and winding road. Elland Road, Leeds United, Tuesday, the 23rd of February, 6pm kickoff, live on Sky Sports, Leeds then, 12th in the table, two points ahead of us, this is a big one, um, they can score some goals, can't they, but they can also concede them, uh, very entertaining side, lots of attacking options, but they can be exploited, and did you know that only Man City, Man United, Leicester, Liverpool and Chelsea have scored more goals than them this season? So that would be very hard to believe in August. But um, Yeah, and perhaps not the greatest form entering this one. They've just lost 1-0 to Wolves on Friday, to, uh, 4-2 to Arsenal last week, but still capable of, of giving anyone a shock. Um, I'm not sure that them beating us is, is much of a shock, but... How do you see this one unfolding, Kevin? I think it's going to be a very interesting match. I think it's probably the first midweek match for a long time that I'm actually excited about watching. Um, and it's on at a decent time as well. But, um, yeah, I mean, Leeds, they've been a, kind of a surprise package this season, um, coming up from the Championship. I'd say um, so. I'd say so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not that we, we didn't know how they, they played in the Championship and how, you know, what kind of foot style of football Bielsa likes to play but um, yeah they, they've been doing well I mean obviously they've, they've come up against some difficulty um, I mean just like we have I think that, that high press kind of invites those sort of results given a lot of open play and yeah, gaps to be exploited on the counter so um, yeah I think there are there's a good chance that, that we can get, get some goals but um, yeah looking at our defence, I mean, I don't know. Can we deal with it? That, that's going to be the question, isn't it? Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, looking at how they've set up before. Yeah, they usually just play with the one striker, don't they? Um, Paddy Bamford. Yeah, with Bamford. And they've got a lot of midfield options and off the bench. Because, I mean, that game they had Alioski, Hernandez and Costa all coming off the bench. So they've got some bloody good options in, in, in that middle of the park. I think they're quite handy. I, don't, I, I think they're entertaining to watch. But yeah, like I said, they can concede some goals as well. Um, but Tim, yeah, your thoughts on Lee? They run a 4-1-4-1 formation. And what scares me a little bit is if we run the same formation that we had today, uh, I feel like those uh, the, in the midfield slots, whether it be, like I said, Alioski or uh, Rafinha is probably the person I'm scared the most of right now, is they're going to be able to break that if Gineppo is on that right mid position or the right wing back position. I think he's going to get uh, worked around, whereas Alonso wasn't that didn't have that ability because we went like for like when pretty much the identical formation against Chelsea uh, leads themselves are capable of breaking those lines and 
one touch, two touch and go is their mentality and live, you know, live by the goal, died by the goal. And if they get beat on the counter, I think if we had KWP here and we matched up the four, two, two, two versus the four, one, four, one, it could have ended up being like four, three. I think it would have been probably one of the most entertaining matchups and people would have like wanted to see this game because it would have just been a slugfest and pushing out and the two teams that press the, you know, two of the top three teams that press the highest and, and with along with Liverpool. So to me, I'm a little scared if we run the same formation. I'm wondering if we want to play that defensive touch because they are just going to press, 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 press. And for us, what do we want to do? That's the biggest question. I have, it's, it's a complete crapshoot and it's going to be one of the most up in the air games that I cannot, I have a hard time predicting. So nil nil then. <laughs> uh, predictions. I'm going to go one one. I don't think it's going to be a high scoring game. I think they're going to cancel each other out. I think it's going to be a little bit more exciting than that. I'm also going for a draw, a two two draw. Not, not brave enough to go three three, no. Um, I mean, it could quite possibly be, couldn't it? But I think yeah. This is the thing though. I cannot. I will not be surprised of any result. I will not be surprised of a one nil to either side or like a five four. I, I would not be surprised at anything. I would not want to be a betting man on this one. So when in doubt, go for a draw. And looking through, uh, looking through everything, I think two two is the is the right play. I do think there'll be a, a decent amount of goals here uh, going both ways. Uh, I would I would love to see Salisu start on the purposes that I think he can neutralize Bamford. But like I said, that four, that, you know, that middle, the attacking midfield, uh, four, group of four with Rafinha, um, can cut through us and that could be pretty scary. Laugh actually, because Gemma is actually going for a nil-nil. Uh, Marina is going. 2-1 two, two Saints. And Abby is going. 2-0 Southampton. Okay, Tim, thanks again for the pleasure of your company. We shall it's chat always- again next week over Leeds and preview Everton. Thank you very much. It's always a pleasure to be here. Pleasure's ours, mate. Thank you once again. Yeah. Yeah, see you soon. Have, have fun in that new house. Don't use up all the WD-40 ones. <laughs> Bye, guys. Thanks so much. Adios, Mosh. Hi, I'm Matt Letizia, and thank you for listening to In That Number. Welcome back to Extra Time. Kevin, we'll start with predictions from Chelsea. Uh, I went 2-0 Chelsea Tim went 2-1 Chelsea, and you, Kevin, you bastard, went 1-1 right at the last minute. <laughs> I don't yeah, mean I don't mean the last minute of the game, because I could have done that. But yeah, <laughs> well done. Um, and do you know what the scores are now? No. So there's me on 34, and there's mm-hmm. you on 30. Wow. And then Tim on 23. So there's only four points between us now, Kev. Well played, Mush. You've okay. Really, wow. You've really clawed this back. You're doing a reverse Saints. Yeah. It's, it's getting interesting. Uh, what you mean, having a shit start to the season and um, getting better as we go along? Exactly. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Wife Wars. Uh, you weren't the only one to go one-one because Gemma did too. Um, Marina and Abby both go and Chelsea wins. Uh, so the scores are now Gemma on 22, Marina and Abby on 15. So she's making a bit of a getaway now. The hunts are ruling it, Kev. For the time being. Mm-hmm. Uh, Super 6, two rounds to go through, and I forgot round 35, so I scored zero. What an arse. But it was won by Kevin Byrne, Dan Buck, and Andrew Knight on 13, um, and round 36 yesterday was Michael Etheridge with 16. Uh, The overall leader is Jason Lewis now, a new leader, on 289. Uh, Fantasy football, Kevin. Um, Fuck me, that's not my team, is it? Oh, my God, I've got 13 points. Oh, I think I only had eight. (laughs) 
at one point. Oh, you know, I've still got eight. <laughs> Uh, oh, no, no, I've yeah. got 13. I've got 13. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, Matt Markstone's only got 21. So, yeah, I think it must just be a, a quiet one this far this week. Um, it's double game week for Saints and Leeds, isn't it? Yes, it um, is, although I've still got Kyle Walker-Peters. I didn't take him. Oh. He's on my bench, but, I mean, I, I never never transferred him, stupidly. Got rid of him a while back, and I don't know how I haven't got Bamford in my team. But um, I've got yeah. Bamford, um, and he's my captain this week. But he's only scored me two points, and I've got Stuart Dallas, who's only scored me two points. So not not good. But uh, hopefully, I say hopefully they have a good week on Tuesday. But they've got us, so it's terrible. I have I've captained Dallas just out of desperation. A quick look at the In That Number podcast league tells us that Lucy Hynett is still at the top, beating uh, Bobby Brown's Magic Saints. And Peter Mashikas Puki. Yeah, nobody's really having a, a killer week so far. I've still got four fixtures to be played, don't we? Yeah, yeah, there's Man United, Newcastle uh, tonight. Uh, West Ham and Spurs have just finished. Arsenal, so. Man City a bit later as well. And yeah, Arsenal, Man City at, at 4.30, so in a couple of hours' time. So yeah, there's still games to play. So a lot, lots of points to be won. Um, and Russian phrase this week, Kevin? So we, we have now stopped the rot and... Uh, the best phrase that I can think of for that one is Presikli zlo v kornje. Presikli zlo v kornje. Well, that's good, yeah. That literally means that we, we cut out the evil in the root. But yeah, hopefully that will stop any, any further degradation of our form and that we're on to better things. Excellent, excellent. Kevin, thank you again for this week. Uh, it's good to have you back, by the way, if I haven't said it already. It's always, it's not, it's not the same without you, as I've said to you many, many times. Um, but until next week then, over to Franny and Klaus. Up the Saints. Up the Southampton. Up the Saints. Up the Saints. Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.